0: Welcome everyone to the year 2022 and another edition of the State of the Mars Podcast sponsored as always by our girlfriends at D1 Media Pro, the number one live stream in the state of New Jersey for high school sports. And this week's episode, we're going to talk about the only two teams that were in action, which was the wrestling team competing in the Sam Cali Invitational and the indoor track team competing in the Coach Glenn Holiday Inventational. We bring back our girlfriend of the podcast and NewJersey.com B writer Pat Lanning to talk about the wrestling season as a whole on this week's State of the Marauders hotline. And as many of you saw on our social media profile, we will also announce the winner of this week's Marauder Player of the Week award winner. So stay tuned for that. We can always be found on any of your listening devices on Apple, on Spotify, on Anchor, you name it, we're there. So be sure to search State of the Marauders or follow us on our social media profile at SAT Marauders to see all of our exclusive Marauder content. As always, I am your host, Ronald Rodriguez, with some special guests along with us this week. Let's welcome back our co-host from college, Jake Post, Chris Emerald. Guys... Welcome back. How h- how you guys feeling so far this week?
1: You know, we're we're getting through it. Prep kind of short on action this week, only a couple teams had to take a peek at, kind of winding down towards the end of of winter break. The weather's starting to get into that uh it's been rainy, which is kind of the worst part of the the winters up here, so right. We're we're kind of getting towards the end of what is one of the most joyous seasons in our calendar, but you know, we got some Marauder action to keep us warm.
2: I agree, Chris. College football bowl season is indeed one of the most joyous seasons in the calendar. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there really wasn't much Marauder action this week. So it's going to be a pretty light episode of the podcast. So not that much to discuss. But, you know, the rain is kind of dampering my spirits as we, uh, you know, look to discuss what was overall a pretty good week.
1: And Jay's so- already in a bad mood, though.
2: Well we, we we know why is <laughs> bad bad. very very generous to what I the yeah. mood I'm in right now. We
0: all know why he's in a bad mood. <laughs> go to game. Uh-uh, go to game.
2: Uh-uh. There's like uh-uh. bad, and then there's like I've like i am like sitting in the corner of my room like like staring at a wall for the last ten hours as I contemplate why we're throwing six passes in the game with Jack Cullen. <laughs> <laughs> like, it like it's not even like not even mad, so much is frustrated, just confused, <laughs> just searching for answers. Just...
1: My man, Sam Hartman, slayed those taxes, baby. <laughs>
2: Future chance. Notre Dame quarterback, Sam Hartman. If we're going to throw 70 times, at least let's have fun uh, with it.
1: That is, that is wrong. Don't ever say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so since there's not a lot of action going on this week, let's get right into the results for this week. As we mentioned, there are only two teams in action. Let's gonna talk first about how the wrestling team did at the Sam Cali Invitational. And here are the results by weight class. So at 113, we had the freshman Adrian De Jesus end up in second place. At 120, we had Donovan Chavis winning that game first place. At 126, the other freshman, Kaden McCarty, got in first place as well. And you going to hear that name just a little bit when we talk about the Marauder Play of the Week Award. So stay tuned for that. At 132, John Tafoller ended up in third and Angelo Polici ended up in fifth Felix Satini at 144 ended up in third Max Nevelin at 150 ended up at fourth and at 165 Anthony Harris ended up at third. So as a result of all that, the Marauders would get the overall team title with 181 points beating number five Premis Catholic number 11' C, and number four. St. John Vianney amongst the other programs in this competition. So, guys, how are you feeling about the start that the wrestling team's had so far?
1: I mean, what's there to what's there to say, even? You know, uh Coach Verdi has come back in charge of the of the wrestling team, and he's really whipped the program back into shape in very short order. You know, it wasn't long ago that this team was really competing at a top top level with some of the top teams in the state and then they kind of had a couple years in there where you know they were the best of the rest and now uh they're right back to where they should be this is a a pretty monumental victory uh, for the team uh it probably puts the state on notice that there are a couple of very young marauders that could be gunning for state titles at their at their weight class Donovan Chavis, I think he had a lovely freshman year last year. Made a pretty deep run into the in, into the state t- tournament, if I remember correctly. And Kaden Richardi, I believe, is a as a freshman yeah. coming in and already winning at you know a big state tournament against some top top competition in Paramus and SJV and Del and Del C. You know, there's a lot to be said about how quickly this this program has turned around, and a lot of that is down to the new blood they've brought in, especially at those uh, lighter weight
3: classes.
2: Yeah, I think it's a pretty impressive that, you know, I mean, St. Peter's has always for wrestling been, you know, traditionally a winning program, but it did feel like, you know, like it's particularly, you know, around 2020, uh, you know, 2019 that area there had been kind of a lull in which like it, it kind of hit like a gap between, you know, a, a very impressive streak of winning seasons. And then they kind of went 500 and kind of was kind of unsure where they'd go. And Verdi wasn't appointed coach yet. And now it feels like they've kind of been past that. They they're now once again on the the, the other side of that swing and they're back to being extremely competitive program. I think what's most impressive, you know, how young this team is. You got a lot of, you know, first people on the map, they're going to be around for another two, three years, I don't think that's a good sign if you're, uh, you know, one of these other teams in, uh, in uh, you know, in New Jersey, because this isn't just a team you have to worry about right now. It's that team you're going to, you know, that's going to keep on development and keep on getting better. And you're going to see them next year. you going to see them two years from now. So I think it's, you know, pretty impressive. This team is doing what they're doing right now. And, you know, it's even more impressive. They're doing what they're doing right now with, you know, players that, you know, you're going to see again next year. They're going to see them again in two years.
0: And, you know, that would I mean they beat North Harder than we we're going get in top 20 team stage to start off the year. You know, they competed well in the Beast of the East tournament now in the same county invitational just to get these great results, beating teams like Premis Catholic, who's always up there every year. St. John Vianney's up there every year. So overall, a great team win for the wrestling team. And you know. They're 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 gonna be competitive. I think there's gonna be like as Chris mentioned, there's gonna be a lot of individual titles potentially once they go down to Atlantic City later on this year. So we bring back our favorite special guest. You know, Chris and Jay love this guy very very well, right? You guys love this guy, Pat Lanny. It's a guy, right?
1: One of the most accredited journalists in the state and one country. One of the biggest J's out there. The, one, the, the largest. That is a capitalized and bolded J on this journal. And right we
2: don't here. mean it in a joking way this time.
1: We don't. <laughs> Big <laughs> J.
2: Non-derogatory.
1: <laughs> real sources. Real coverage. Real articles.
0: And Pat the man Atlanta, of the people. And the man guy. of the people. That's true. He's man of the people. So he came on... This week's edition of the State of the Morris Hotline to give us his thoughts on the wrestling team as a whole. So, Pat, let's take it away, buddy. Welcome to the State of the Morris Hotline, sponsored by the Torna Benny Group. They provide leadership solutions for nonprofit organizations, professional fundraising, interim executives, and strategic marketing. They also provide sales, fundraising, and executive solutions for New Jersey businesses. For more information, call 201-932-0100 today. That's 201-932-0100. I am here today with the beat reporter for NJ Events Media in wrestling, football, and track, and a long time guest to the podcast. <laughs> yes, right. Let's welcome in... Pat Lanning. Pat, welcome back on the podcast. How are we feeling today, buddy?
3: Hey, man. Everything's good. Wrestling season's rolling along. Hopefully, everyone's staying COVID-free out there. So, life's good over here. What about you, Renato?
0: Life's doing good, too. Life's doing good well, too. And before, you know, we get into the needy stuff of the wrestling season, let's talk about your original expectations for our (laughs) Murata wrestling team, you know? We saw the preseason nj.com top 20 you have them at 16th in that ranking so so talk to us about your thought process on the rankings as a whole and why the baroners replaced where they were
3: yeah it's uh it's always tough doing preseason rankings because you just don't know who the really good freshmen are okay. and that's what happened with st peter's prep in this situation I I totally underestimated how good this incoming class of wrestlers was going to be and all these new faces that are are extraordinary wrestlers. So I knew they were going to be good. That's why they were in the top 20 to begin with. I didn't know they were going to be this good. And I think not just myself, my colleagues have been blown away by how good St. Peter's has been the first couple of weeks of the season. So when the next rankings come out after the new year, we're all expecting to see them move up a lot.
0: So ever since you know those preseason rankings, you mentioned, you know, they, they destroyed Northern Hunter, which was also in the top twenty as well. You know, yeah. they did well at the Beast of the East tournament. And a couple of days ago, they won the overall team title at the same Cali Invitational. So so tell us about what you've seen from this murder team so far.
3: Yeah you hit on all the uh, impressive things, but I, I think the the problem last year with the COVID season and the way it kind of unfolded with sh- shutdowns and, and maybe not mm-hmm. getting guys out for the team that, that might've come out for the team. Like I, I feel like St. Peter's was there, but they had a couple holes in the lineup. So my biggest question mark was like, all right, are they still going to have those holes in the lineup this year or are they going to plug them up? And, and clearly they've plugged them up with some new guys in the upper weights and, yeah, I've, I've just been very impressed. And and the, the win over North Hunterdon was really incredible. That was the first time North Hunterdon's lost in two seasons. They they graduated a, a decent amount of kids, but that's still a really, really good team that's, you know, in a wrestling kind of hotbed out there in Hunterdon County. So a very impressive win. Sam Cowley tournament was even more impressive to me because that was a collection of, you know, we had, we had I think, four of the top five teams were there or, or three of the top five teams were there. Parem Catholic. St. Vianney was another one, and, and St. Peter's beat them both, so that was uh, very impressive as well, an indication that we definitely ranked St. Peter's too low. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you mentioned about like so many of the underclassmen wrestlers for the Marauder team, yeah. you know, in particular, again, you know, the lower rates, the two impactful freshmen, Agent De Jesus, Kaden McCarty, along with the sophomores who, who were freshmen last year, John Vittor, Jake Talarico, as well. So what has made the Marauders and Coach Verde able to dominate in the lower rate classes these last couple of years?
3: I think like the way they've gotten all these all these young, talented kids in, into the program is special. I think, uh, you know, when you see the, how wrestling's kind of shifted in the last decade or so mm-hmm. since I've been covering it, is the, the non-public schools have really taken off compared to the public schools, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the start of my Coverage like 2013, 2012. There were some still really good public schools that could really like hold their own uh, against the Mm -hmm. Catholic schools. But I feel like by now it's it's kind of like almost like what we see in football. Like there's a legitimate gap, and you know it's gone. which, Which teams are getting the the better better classes of kids? And and you know Bergen Catholic had an incredible run to get into national conversation. Del Barton's there now, but we're seeing teams like CBA. St. John Vianney, and now St. Peter's, Paramus Catholic, are all kind of just shooting up uh, up the rankings and, and have kind of come out of nowhere. Obviously, St. Peter's Prep has had great teams over the last decade, don't get me wrong, but more so those other teams have really uh, taken off, and it's just an influx of talent, really, and, uh, you know, that makes a big difference when you got kids that are youth state champions and, right. and kids that come in already highly touted.
0: Right, right, and, you know, Looking at the schedule coming up for the St. Peter's Preparators, it looks like they're not going to be in action until the new year. So what are you expecting them moving forward in the year 2022,
3: Pat? Listen, they got a busy schedule. They face a lot of top teams. What am I looking forward to the most? I think, well, I was just talking about those non-public teams. When we get to the team tournament, um, that's like late February. That's, you know, the state state team tournament. And there's just so much depth that that bracket, the first round matchups are, are going to be incredible. You know, the semifinals are going to be incredible. I can't wait to see how St. Uh, you know, how St. peters stacks up against burton Catholic or, or Del Barton. Like those are the teams that everyone, they're one and two in the rankings. They're, you know, super highly ranked in the national polls. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see how, how these teams like St. Peter's St. John Vianney CBA stack up against those two, because you know, I think the gap is closing a little bit, and uh, I think it's—I think it should be a really fascinating postseason.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see how we do in playoffs. But you know, we still got a long way to go. Past, yeah, got, a, lot, a lot of matchups still. still got but a couple it goes more, a couple quickly,
3: months. you know. It goes quickly. I know, I know.
0: But lastly, you know, we mentioned in the in the beginning about you know the COVID situation, and it looks like it's starting to wear its head back yeah. a little bit throughout high school sports as a whole. So, what are your thoughts about COVID wearing its head back? And then we're starting to see again postponements, cancellations in multiple sports. So, what are your thoughts about the COVID situation?
3: Yeah, I mean it's uh, definitely concerning, as and especially a sport like wrestling it, that's uh, mm-hmm. such a high risk sport, a sport that's always, you know, even even before coronavirus, it was a sport that uh, had a lot of issues with with with. Uh, sickness illnesses and and skin issues and things like that teams were always getting shut down before this whole pandemic so I'm definitely concerned I I can't say there's like I've I've had conversations with anybody that wasn't that that they aren't concerned as well I think we thought we were past all this kind of stuff but it's it kind of it's starting to feel like where we were a year ago when you know the whole wrestling season was pushed back to the spring and no one really knows so I am I'm got my fingers crossed just like everybody else that, that there won't be any shutdowns or you know the, the government doesn't step in and shut things down but you just never know so yeah I, I don't <laughs> I feel like just the rest of us were just hanging on by hanging on by a thread and, and just hoping and praying for the best and that's really all we can do.
0: Right and you know we need to cover our sports pads you know we when we need to cover our teams out there so we, we, we don't know. want to see it, the
3: cancellations. It, it would be a bummer. But wrestling is such a unique sport where the postseason is so amazing. And, and if we can just right. preserve that state tournament and, and get to Atlantic City again or get back to Atlantic City this year, that's all I'm hoping for. You know, if we lose a couple dual meets here and there, it is what it is. Let's just make sure when we get to March and we get to the state tournament that everyone's healthy and hopefully we're in a better spot with the numbers and things like that.
0: So that was NJ Advanced Media B Reporter, Pat Lanny. Pat, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You know, you're always welcome to come anytime. You're one of my favorite guests to to have on. So again, Pat, thank you for coming on.
3: Yeah, I appreciate it, Renato. You guys are doing a tremendous job with this, of course. So keep up the good work and I'm happy to come on whenever you call, buddy.
0: So thank you again to Pat for, for joining us this week and talking about the wrestling team as a whole. It's always pleasure to talk anything prep related with you so now let's talk about the indoor track team as they competed in the coach glenn holly invitational and guys it was once again the, the Fitzway legislature though he would win the 200 meter dash at a state best 2202 and this time is also the fifth ranked time in the country how is Fitz just keep breaking records left and right
1: uh, you you got to wonder, you know, it, are they are they going to run out of records for him to break at this point? I, I don't know how much is left for him to do as a, as a high school athlete. It's really incredible, across multiple events, how he's been able to do this. And, you know, state best time right now. You got to think, again, for him and the team that a state title could be a possibility. Could they finally get that elusive number one in the state? You know, uh, for him, obviously, as an individual, uh, it's incredible. The track team has really, in the last couple years, seen some great national strides taken. They picked up a national title last year in the medley relay. They had, in the past few years, a couple guys get national top tens in their events. I I remember my year, um, Adonis McGee had a national top ten high jump. And, you know, Fitzroy in the past few years has just been mauling every event he's been put into. So seeing him come out hot again this year, you know, you got to be really excited for what he can do and the fact that he might even get an even better time than this at some point over the course of the year.
2: Yeah, you know, if, you know Fitzroy's, you know, kind of seen his season. I don't think anyone's surprised by it. You know, we, we we've seen him, you know, break records last year. We've seen him, you know help be a big part of that national title winning medley reading uh medley relay team last summer i think for track this is pretty promising because you know especially looking at outdoor track who has kind of been inching closer to that potential state title for years now they've been you know kind of on the verge last year they were you know probably closer than they've ever been and they didn't get done i think this is you know when you look at that if you look at how they how close they came to cba this is their you know their best chance because you're not gonna get you know a You know, really, and I I don't want to use this like word like in any light way, but really, for what he's been to this Marauders team, when you have a generational anchor in Fitzroy Legister, you know, someone who just has that level of, you know, speed and versatility that, you know, I I think it's fair to say prep track really has not seen in a long time, you know, it's it's very hard to say this is not St. Peter's best chance, you know, to take down CBA because you're not going to get him back, you know, once he's gone, you're going to need to you know, fill a, you know, a a record-breaking hole in your team. So if if he can, you know, keep, because you you know he's going to, if he's at pretty much every race he runs in at this point, you know he's going to be either first or at at worst, maybe second, because he's that, he's both consistent, he's versatile, and he's absurdly good. So that's going to, you know, something, you know, keep an eye on for the spring season, you know, especially because, you know, for St. Peter's, the issue was last year was kind of felt like they were, they, they were racked up the points in the track events and CBA was racking up the points in the field events. And they were kind of racing against each other in the end, St. Peter's fell just short. So I think St. Peter's knows they only need, you know, 20 more points looking at last year to get over that hump. They only need, you know, 40 more points, whatever the number was, it was not a lot. It was, could have been made up in one race. And I think, you know, for prep, it's going to be, you know, a lot of motivation heading into this year that you, you're still chasing that tail. You're still, Number two, not number one. I think they, they know that number one is achievable. And I think Fitzroy is going to be a big part of that if they are to finally make us number one.
0: And a couple of other results from the meet include Jam Schenk in that 200 meter dash, getting eighth place in that event. You also have Danny Kramer getting second in the 800 meter one at a time of 212.37. You also have Colin Rutledge getting seventh in that event as well. You have in the 55-meter hurdles for, for the young guys, Corey Greenfield getting set at a time of 9.90 and Noah Willingham at a time of 9.68 in the varsity finals for sixth place as well. Jam and Fitz both did well in the long jump. They both had sixth and ninth respectively. Charles Dino ended up third in the triple jump. Chris Skabich ended up fifth in the pole vault. And Kupola found. And Brandon Montemayor end up 7th and 10th in the shopper. So, again, great job by all the track guys this week. And as the guys mentioned, you know, Fitz is trying to break records. There's another record he's looking forward to to breaking, which was mentioned on the NJ Miles Blood article that I'll post on my link tree at the SOT Marauder social media page. So, it's a good read. He's looking to break the state record in the 55-meter dash. Which was six point two six, guys. So he had six point three eight in the earlier fifty five meter dash, earlier uh, a couple weeks ago. Do you think it's possible he could break the six point two six mark, which is said by current Bears' wide receiver Damir Bird?
1: Uh Well, if there's anybody that will be on the radar, it's him. It's point point one two seconds in a sprint like that is very difficult to cut off. That's kind of a big gap, but if anybody's going to be able to do it, I think, I think Fitz is going to have the best chance.
2: Yeah. I mean, I agree with Chris. That number is not small by any means, given the, you know, the short distance of the race, but you know, asking the question, is it possible Fitz at this point seems kind of, you know, like a non-star, like, of course it's possible. Everything else has been possible. Why isn't this possible?
0: Right. Right, So it's it's going to be interesting to see in the long run, see if this can break the uh, the stay work at the 55 and also the 200 meters as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've gotten to the point of the podcast. It's time for the Marauder Player of the Week Award winner. Let's go. First time ever doing this award, guys. And before we talk about the four candidates for this week's award, for the week of uh, December 25th, which is the Christmas week, which is last week. Chris and Jay, for this week's Play of the Week award winner, who can be some possible candidates for the award, you think?
2: I think name 1A has to be probably Jackson Tyndall, just because he also played first, you know, because, you know, the Hudson Catholic game was kind of the the big, you know, St. Peter's event heading into Christmas. And, you know, Tyndall really led the way for that team. He put up a double-double, you know, over 20 points in the game, which the Marauders really needed him to step up because, you know, Hudson Catholic was doing a great job of shutting down Mark Armstrong. Tindall really came, stepped to the plate, you know, filled in those shoes and, you know, put in a, you know, a first name on the score sheet roll and, you know, put up 20 plus points. He had a bunch of rebounds, hit some key foul shots when it mattered most. And then against Memorial, he did the same thing, you know, going back to the double-double. So I think, you know, Tindall, you know, Memorial, doing it in two games is nice, but I think, you know, obviously the real highlight is, you know, the Hudson Catholic game is the most important game on the basketball schedule. And to do that on the road is, you know, a pretty big performance, Pretty influential performance for you know a player that I don't think you know Hudson Catholic clearly expected to be the number one scorer for the Mariners. They think they kind of expected him. You know they thought if they could limit Mark, they could you know force Tyndall into you know playing a more minimal role, and Tyndall very clearly proved that wrong and put up you know a, a very impressive performance. And then also Kevin Whitworth swimming's been in action. He put up first place in the four hundred freestyle relay as well as the one hundred freestyle, and you know you know a pair of first place finishes can't go unnoticed so Whitworth also deserves a shout the swimming team coming off a very impressive 2020 looking to kind of you know extend that to 2021 they lost their last match the they lost their last contest of the season last year I think that kind of you know put last minute damper on what had been truly an extremely impressive uh season by the prep swim I think this year they're coming in hungry they know they were you know one win away from undefeated season they want to do better than that they know they can do better than that
0: and you, you mentioned Kevin Wertworth. He also th- those two first place finishes were against St. Joe's Matanzas. We know you know great team in the state as well from last year. So Chris, who are the other two possible candidates that we could talk about for this week's
3: awards?
1: Well, we got one of the two Benkovitzes here, Mike. In this case, in this case, uh, who got a goal and two assists. In the Jesuit grudge match, in the Saint, say Saint Roche, in the Saint Saint Roche blood feud, El Catholico, uh, El Catholico between between St. Peter's and Xavier, helping propel prep to a big win. Uh, in what is a hockey game that has been played by at least one of the two teams every year. Uh, and more often than not, St. Peter's comes out with a victory. It was a very impressive game, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm, I am i do know, am I? I nah. was that their first win this year? Oh my gosh, uh, no, I'm second, my second win, second, second, second win, second win second yes, because they beat, they beat Joseph Matusha already. Okay, sorry, I had yeah. to jog my memory. I had to remember which game was first. So they get the second win of the year, it's against Mr. Roche's alma mater. So he'll. Be very pleased to come out with a victory in that game, and Mike ben- Benkovic a big part of that one, involved in three of the goals. Uh, you can't really ask for much more uh, out of them, and you know, it's a team to it's a team to watch out for this year, as they are tricky. They're they're a very tricky team, and with you know the two Benkovics is especially kind of leading the charge now, kind of growing into their roles on the varsity squad. It could be an an interesting team to to look at going forward, and uh, Mike Bankovitz is a big part of it. And their most recent slate game, in their most recent game, and he will be going forward. Our our final nominee for this week uh, is Caden Ricciardi, who finished sixth at the, the Beast of the East and got the technical fall versus North Hunterdon in prep's matchup against them to kick off the season and uh, match play very impressive for him especially this young again one of those young wrestlers at the lower the lighter weight classes that St peter's is is beginning to to build their program on the backs of he's had a very impressive season as we already mentioned he had a first place finish at the sam Cali Invitational this week a big part of uh coach Verdi's program going forward i'm sure and you know just adding to uh to what was a good start to the season with what was going on this week. So again, sixth place, Beast of the East in Technical Fall versus North Hunterdon uh, to help prep to a win in that match against a an NJ top NJ.com top twenty uh, team in North Hunterdon. So you know we are we are a bit spoiled for choice here of these nominees. I would say.
0: I agree. I agree with you. So so guys, let let's debate. Who do you think should be the Marotta Play of the Week Award recipient? I mean, for me,
2: it has to be between Bankovitz or Tyndall because, you know, just statistically, those are the two most on-paper impressive performances. And, you know, having only been at one of the, you know, you know, six or so matches that factor into play here, I can only really speak to one of their performances. So, you know, for me, it has to be, you know, who who was the most statistically impressive. And, you know, Bankovitz putting up a goal to assist. He's also been, you know, in general, you know, this team's kind of, you know, Belkow Bel- in terms of who's scoring the goals, who's putting up the assists, so that deserves a mention. Then Tyndall, obviously, you know when you're playing your most important game of the year, you know the player who steps up deserves some recognition. That was Tyndall in for what this Marauder team, you know, really is in their most important game of the year for basketball.
0: I I, I agree with you, and you know Tyndall led the team in both games against Hudson Catholic Memorial, double doubles. I mean that's that's hard to come by, guys. That's hard to come by. So I know Bengovitz has been great all year. You know he leads the, the team of 14 points. You know, the its brothers had a combined 20 of the 40 points, so that's pretty impressive. But, I mean, uh, how, how can you not throw Jackson Tyndall here? I don't know. Chris, what do you think?
1: So, for me, I would have it between Tyndall and Whitworth. Obviously, the team result did not go preps away in that meeting and Stiersman touching and swimming. Uh, but that was at no fault Uh, Of Kevin Whitworth's effort with uh, two big first-place finishes in that one against a really top, top team in this state. I think that warrants some consideration, but with that being said, I do agree that Jackson Tindall's pair of performances uh, were very impressive, obviously, particularly the, the Hudson Catholic one when, you know, Mark was not carrying the scoring load in the same way that he had been in the past few games, and really, the majority of the games that he's played, he's such a an elite player uh, someone had to pick up the the, the slack a bit uh, and a double double for him 23 points in the in the game against Hudson Catholic again on the road your biggest game in the county and really it was a very professional performance that they were relatively comfortable in throughout although the lead did narrow in a few points in the game and a lot of that is down to the way that Jackson played on both ends of the floor
0: so I agree Chris 100% you know Having double-double, especially with a team like Prep, you think Prep Basketball, Mark Armstrong, right? That, that wasn't the case this week. Jackson Tindall led the way, you know. When you think of Prep Swimming, we probably think Ken Kevin Woodworth right now, right? When you think of Prep Hockey, think of the Benkovitz brothers. When you think of Prep Wrestling, Caden McCarty is going to be one of those names that you're going to know for a long time. Impactful freshman coming into the program. So I I, I, I would throw Jackson Tindall. That would be, that'd be my choice. What about you guys? You guys think Jackson Tindall?
2: Yeah, and he's also leading the poll right now, so it's hard to disagree with the people.
0: Well, t- yes. technically, Jay, technically, I, I'm looking at the poll it's right cool. now as of ten thirty-two a.m. on Sunday.
2: I don't know what you're looking at.
0: And it's uh, my my, my poll. They, they have
2: right now. They have numbers next to the, like what? Chris, are you
1: seeing this? I no, I do not have Twitter open.
2: It it, it says. Like the the bars are close, but it says jackson Tindle ben- forty one point three percent, Mike Beng forty point eight
1: percent. As we say in Hudson County, vote early, vote often. Uh, your voice can still be heard if you're so inclined, and I'm sure it can be heard. Your, vo-
2: a your times. voice can be heard more well, than most if you well, truly want by it.
0: T- by the time we release this, guys, then there's no more voting. So,
1: yeah, well, may- maybe we'll leak this to the press. Who knows? Maybe, we'll some, be- maybe some, uh, maybe some, yeah. maybe some late late votes coming in. <laughs> we'll get some absentee ballots in voter maybe we vote do often. a little
0: like a like a video and they would be like vote or something like
1: that <laughs> in all seriousness i think that I, I would absolutely give my vote to 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 jackson tyndall not any slight to the other guys that were nominated i think kevin whitworth as an individual performance did just about as well as you could you could have asked anyone to you know michael Bankwoods having a great game in that uh in that game against xavier you know and uh kidding was already coming in with a with a hot start to his high school wrestling career, and you know, really establishing himself as one to watch in the wrestling world. I, I still think Jackson Tyndall putting up that monumental of a performance in in the Hudson game, and then following it up with another big one in the Memorial game, warrants the Player of the Week, in my opinion.
0: Well, it was a really really close vote, ladies and gentlemen. I want to first thank all the four athletes for being such tremendous athletes for each of their respective programs and the votes were, were pretty close ladies and gentlemen. So the winner for this week's and the first recipient of the Marauder Player of the Week award goes to with 41% of votes from the prep hockey team. Mike Bankovitz. Congratulations to Mike Bankovitz, your first Marauder Play of the Week award winner. All right. So, guys, before we end the the podcast, who are some possible candidates for this upcoming week's award recipients, you think? Who are some names that we mentioned this week that could potentially get this award this week?
1: Mark Armstrong every single time he plays. <laughs> but he has he's to play. He doesn't count. Oh, well, you know.
0: You can't just put Mark Armstrong every time. You can't do that.
2: Fine. Fitzroy sure. Legister. Uh, just say it every we, week. We will. <laughs> right, we we'll
0: put Fitzroy. We we'll put Fitzroy.
1: I, I would, you know, I'm sure Mark Armstrong practiced very well this week, but <laughs> I would say that you gotta put Caden Ricciardi up again, and he might warrant it this week. If I think for that first place finish, in,
0: you put down the chase too.
1: Yeah, both of them. I think I think both of them warrant consideration. Well, do either of them wrestle this
0: week? Jay, remember it's based off like the last week the pre,
1: It's based on this current episode. Yeah.
0: Ah. Uh, okay. Okay. Um,
1: so, yeah, uh, but yeah, I think yeah, maybe we could put
0: both. Yeah, we could put both.
1: I think I think both of them warrant consideration. I think if if we lumped these two weeks together then I would have given it to Ricciardi, j just because of uh, the volume of work and a really impressive finish especially uh, this this young I think it has to be Fitzroy
0: so we 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 could go Fitzroy we go Fitzroy Chavis riccardi and I think the last nominee should be I guess we could with Danny Kramer for the eight hundred meter run, in second place.
1: He finished second. I don't think it's a big difference between him and some of the other wrestlers that had those second place finishes. So really, oh,
0: the- oh, for three wrestlers yeah. up there, though.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: So, okay, so put those you know, I would have. Yeah, we got a we got a few second place finishes. There, so
2: I was gonna say, what are you gonna do with this award if like Prep doesn't win? Like, we have one of those weeks like we had last year where, like, every prep team lost. What are we gonna do with this award?
0: Yeah, so what was the best, even a loss? Kevin Whitworth did get a
1: nomination and two first place finishes and a loss. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, we'll we'll make it work, don't worry. So, good job this week by all the prep athletes. You know, I'm gonna wish them this week as we continue to progress. Through the winter season. We got a lot of action this week, guys. We have basketball team on Tuesday taking on Union City at Emerson Middle School. That's a 430 star. Fencing gets their first match of the year against Melbourne from Cobra Fencing Academy. Also a 430 star. Swimming takes on Union City. And then at 830, we got ice hockey at is Our favorite ice rink, right, guys? Taking St. Joe's Regional. We got a lot of action on Tuesday. A lot of action.
1: You know the NHL has the Winter Classic, but we have the caucus Ice Rink.
2: We also have our powerhouse fencing team, They're former back. undefeated state champions, back to back undefeated.
1: He's hashtag our, our guys. hashtag back Unstoppable to the, force. I'm very excited to see where the pro, what direction the pro you don't going have in juice
2: like game. that, uh, Ridge. I guess
1: you don't have juice like that, Columbia. <laughs>
2: Some of the most the most strangest rivalries Saint Peter's has are in fencing, just some like <laughs> completely random schools. Yeah, hey, listen, it, man, listen,
0: listen, Like this is no shade we're, at we're
2: like fencing, Ridge, but know. like there's like no other sport where like Saint Peter's like yeah big match it It's Ridge guys, let's yeah, it's go.
0: Just,
1: you
2: know,
0: listen, assistant coach Coach Rick is going to give us a, a nice little season to see for a fencing guys. I'm sure of it.
1: Excited, excited to see what they uh, what they do this year, but yeah, no, it is. It is funny how uh, you know having a sport like fencing creates new and exciting rivalries because Lord knows I sincerely could not care less about Ridge in any other context. Well,
2: volleyball. I should have Volleyball. Yeah, they, 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 volleyball. They,
1: they, oh, yeah. Was a volleyball. Well, I, guess I, could, I guess I couldn't care about Columbia in any, any other context. Yes. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> I've never experienced yeah, playing Columbia in any other sport. Ridge is loaded of volleyball. You're right.
0: So, again, big, big action on Tuesday. So, make sure to come out. Support your morals. We have live streams for basketball and ice hockey as well. So,
2: Ridge of note, not the reigning North Two Chance in volleyball. That would be your yeah. St. Peter's prep, <laughs> No pressure. Don't lab
1: in
2: the 2019, no, no though. No
0: pressure. No pressure. <laughs> we will not be um,
2: accepting on, questions about the 2019 season.
0: <laughs> on Wednesday, the indoor track guys are in the Hudson County Relays at the Jersey City Armory. And then Bowling would take on Bayonne. That's a big matchup, too, Bowling against Bayonne. Hudson Lane's on Wednesday. Big, big, big big matchup. On Thursday, guys, guess this. The ice hockey team is playing at Provincial. They're playing against Delby. Big matchup there.
1: Oh, yeah, baby.
0: Big matchup The upset, hashtag upset wash. Upset? We're we're going upset special.
2: The storm chases are in the stands looking to storm the court. Or Storming I guess you would be the
1: court in this case, but you get the point. I'm scaling the plexiglass onto the ice. <laughs> yes, Storm Mr. the Roche's ice. magic marauders come through in the clutch. The again. cardiac rodders. The cardiac rodders. Mr. Roche is the is the truth. I know he's coming through for us this week. Be I there, just want to be believe that
2: there are a few coaches that I can just buy into more than Brendan Roche. It's
1: just he's just lecture our guy, our teacher, our coach, our leader. Support the hockey team. Captain, leader, legend. (laughs) Captain, leader, legend, Mr. Roche.
0: So, on Friday, Bowling takes on Schneider from Hudson Lanes. Swimming takes on Delby. So, again, you have the ice hockey and swimming team both taking on Delby this week. Yeah. And then fencing is taking on Governor Livingston at Governor Livingston High School. Grudge match.
2: Grudge match. Grudge match. (laughs) Grudge match. Darby. The post-family derby.
0: And then to wrap up the week, we have the fencing team going into NGIT for the Centurial Tournament. The wrestling team getting their dual tournament at Williamstown High School on Saturday. And then on Sunday, guys, with a big game in New York City for the basketball team as they take on Cardinal Hayes in Brooklyn. Your matchups to watch out for this week for your Marauders. So that is it, folks. Thank you to everyone for tuning into this week's episode. Again, thank you to Jay and Chris for coming on this week. This was a very fun episode to talk about your Marauders. Be sure to spread the word of the State of the Marauders podcast by sharing our social media profile at Marauders to everyone you know and continue to check them out for all of the latest updates. So, see you all next week. And as always, let's go
3: prep. What's up, guys? This is football running back Sam Slade, and you are listening to the State of Marauders podcast, sponsored by D1 Media Pro, the number one live stream in the state of New Jersey for high school sports.